This is The Grid, presented by American Shield Roofing and Construction, LLC. When you find yourself needing a roof repair and are looking for a roofing company, American Shield Roofing and Construction is happy to meet your needs. When dealing with a roofing company, you need a roof contractor who is dependable, who can arrive on time, and provide you a quality new roof in a timely manner. Our goal is to present you with honest, accurate information, quotes, and estimates. Call us at 361-343-7018 or visit us at AmericanShieldRoofing.com. Proud title sponsor of the 2021-2022 Victoria Advocate Varsity Cup Awards. Welcome in here to Episode 9 of The Grid. I am Sam Fowler, Assistant Sports Editor at the Victoria Advocate Joined, as always, by sports editor Mike Foreman and sports reporter Jeremiah Sosa. Before we get started, we've got a we've got a we've got a reader poll, and this is this is a week to have it. I mean, heading into week nine, who do you think is going to win between Shiner and Raffirio? The game of the century, part whatever this one is. It's a recent rivalry that that just seems like it keeps on giving. Anyway, the the readers have spoken. 55% say they believe Refurio can win. We'll dive into that a little bit la- later. Make sure you reach us on Facebook, Twitter, or via email to let us know what you've seen, what you, you know, maybe you have questions. Maybe you see, maybe you hear us talking about something that maybe you don't agree with. Interact with us through Facebook. You can get in touch with us either through the Victoria Advocate Facebook page, or the Advosports page. Twitter, reach us. Our handle is at Advosports. And the email to get in touch with us is sports at vicad.com. Let's dive into the news from last week. Hey, making Victoria proud. Bailey Zappi, he wins again. 309 yards, two touchdowns, and a 38-15 win over Cleveland for the former Victoria East Titan, I think the coolest stat from this performance is he's the first uh, quarterback in the Super Bowl era to have over a hundred Q, uh, QB rating in his first two starts. And you know what that leads to, Mike? What's that? Two weeks ago, they were calling for Cam Newton to come in and 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 help out the Patriots after Zappy uh, fell short and. and after coming on for Brian Hoyer and an overtime loss to Green Bay. You know what they're calling for this week? Zappy. 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 That's what that's what they're calling for. They want him to start over Mac Jones, the Alabama product. But we don't know what's no one knows what's gonna happen because well, that's what Bill Belichick does. Patriots will face the Bears on Monday at 7.15. There is potential for Zappi to start this game. However, Pro Football Focus reports that Jones is at, quote, 85 to 90%. So this is around the timetable where he could come back from that high ankle sprain. We'll just have to wait and see. We know Bill Belichick's not going to tell us who's going to start that game until he absolutely has to. Then, Mike, getting back to you there's a story that is kind of just confusing back and forth, miscommunications between schools. Rungi is, you you reported that Rungi is considering going to six-man 
next year. However, the story kind of started because there were rumors that Rungi was going to forfeit the rest of its district schedule and then play an outlaw six-man schedule for the final three games. Now we everything's going back and forth. I mean, uh, you talked to Hector Dominguez, Rungi ISD superintendent, and he said, quote, no decisions have been made. We're playing Burton this week. Burton ISD had previously said on its official social media accounts that the game was off. Well, around 2 o'clock today, what do they say? Oh, hey, the game's back on. Mike, what, what do you make of this? I mean, it's really tough to see it. Do you think that maybe the fear of penalties from the UIL for uh, abandoning a district schedule and playing non-district games, do you think that kind of swayed the Rungi to try and finish out this year? I know their numbers are low. Do you think that that kind of told them, hey, let's let's just grit our teeth and get through this? Yes, I, I think that was a big reason. Um, UIL has a rule that if uh, you forfeit a district game and play a non-district game, you can be penalized. And I know Rungi was probably looking at that possibility. The other part of it is uh, because this is not a realignment year, uh, if they were to go six-man next season, to be able to join a district, you need unanimous approval from the uh, district executive committee of the district you are leaving and the district you are going to. And obviously, if Rungi forfeits its remaining three games with Burton, Falls City, and then Yorktown, they're not going to get that approval. So uh, I'm sure they looked at that. The other is there's some financial impact here because uh, – Rungi has one home game remaining, which is next week against Fall City. And Fall City travels fairly well, so you're looking at a gate there. So there are a number of reasons where I think they took a step back and said, hey, you know, let's talk about this. I, I, won't, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they do indeed go six-man six next year because, uh, let's face it, they're, they're the smallest – school in the state playing UIL 11-man football. And I believe they turned in a snapshot of like 61, which is definitely six-man numbers. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they bite the bullet and go six-man next year. But I think they sat back and looked at it and said, you know what, let's go ahead and play out the schedule and uh, do the best we can, try to stay as healthy as we can, and then next year we'll we'll take a look at it. Definitely a wild, wild story trying to chase down official comments, all of that. And just interesting. And and we talked about it. It looks like if they were to try and go into a district, they would end up way out west with the likes of Lakey and, and Nueces Canyon, based on based on what we think. And granted that's nowhere near official, but that would be a that would be nightmare travel. It's almost shades of High Island having to drive all the way up to the piney woods of East Texas, the nine oh three. So I I I would not want to I would not want to do that if I were if I were them. Next thing. So Victoria West officially clinched the the top seed in the North Zone in District twenty nine five A. Well, we have a little more information about what's going to happen next. On October 25th, 
the Warriors will play host to either Flower Bluff or Veterans Memorial for the District 29 5A championship match. It seems like it's going to be Flower Bluff, but Bluff and Vets, they both play on Friday, and that's what will decide West's opponent on October 25th. I mean, Vets' only loss is to Flower Bluff, and Bluff is really, really good this year. So, I mean, I think it will be bluff, but they're just waiting. Uh, they're waiting to see. I read that. I read that Wednesday morning while I was still half asleep. So, I accidentally tweeted out that it was going to be flower bluff. So, always, always make sure you're awake before you read. So, right now we'll take a step back and we'll hear a message from our sponsor, White Trash Services, before we move on. To recaps, I'm joined by BJ Nelson. BJ, White Trash Services, what is it and, and, and what do y'all do? Well, thank you for asking. We gather trash in the counties around the Crossroads area. We've been in business for eight years and we have dumpster, trash can, and roll off uh, companies. And you know y'all are y'all are big advocates for for sports throughout the Crossroads region. Just what makes y'all want to sponsor uh, all all high school sports throughout the Victoria area? High school sports are amazing. One, they keep kids out of trouble. It teaches them about character, teaches them about right and wrong, uh, how to do better in life. You learn a lot of life skills in sports and especially football. And how can someone get a hold of White Trash Services to start their service, rent a roll-off, or apply to be a part of your team? You can give us a call at 361-550-1826. I have a team of ladies that answer the phone and gentlemen. So give us a call anytime, 8 to 5 during the day, and uh, we'd be happy to visit with you about any of those things. Welcome back in to Episode 9 of The Grid. It's time to look back at Week 8 and the games that were, before we move on, want you to want to make sure that you like, share, and subscribe to our podcast. Do not miss a minute of the best sports coverage in the Crossroads area, hands down, heavyweight undefeated champions over here. I'm sorry, I'm tooting our own horn. But, all right, let's get back to, let's get back to week eight. Victoria East 52, Corpus Christi King 14. This is this was a big win for East head coach Roland Gonzalez. It was his 100th win, and they got it on the backs uh, on the back of Jaden Williams, 292 yards passing, three touchdowns, and the Titans come up with a pair of interceptions. So Jeremiah, I mean, obviously this is a game where they were supposed to win, they were supposed to handle it, and and and. They did their job, you know, talking to Roland. How excited was he about about his 100th win? And what he's saying about, you know, how how East has to build on that and, and move forward. Yeah, well, after the game, when I was talking to Roland, you know, I told him, you know, if he knew that he had got his 100th win, he told me that, you know, that I was the one to let him know. So he didn't he didn't really know about that before the game. So he wasn't even thinking about that. But, yeah, overall, he was super excited to get that 100th win, but... You know, Roland, he's he's more kind of like focused on the game and, and what they uh, what they did in that game. And, you know, to be honest, he was really excited about the win. Um, I know he was really pleased with his defense's performance because I know they held the Mustangs offense 
on five fourth down attempts. Um, they also got three takeaways. So he was he was uh, heavily pleased with with uh, his defense's performance. And you know I think it was an all around game. You know Jaden Williams, the quarterback, he he had a solid game. Uh, you know nearly 300 yards passing. So you know Roland was happy with the hundredth win, and he was, in my opinion, he was more happy with the, getting that district win over over the Mustangs. Um, and I know another game that we covered last week was Edna and Industrial. I know Edna they got a 46 to zero win over the Cobras, and I know you know Industrial has looked pretty solid this entire season. So Sam, you were covering that one. How was Edna able to you know shut out the the Industrial um, offense? Simple defense. Their defense creates five turnovers. The offense goes and scores on on four of them. I mean. Mike and I have talked about it going into the season. Edna's defense is certainly their strongest point. They are big up front. They wreak havoc in the backfield. I think they got they got to Ashton Garza three times, and you know they limited the they limited the Cobras to 142 yards of total offense. And yeah, Edna's defense is a real deal. And when they're able to turn a team over like that and give their offense that many chances they're not going to miss much and you see it right you see it there Cade Rodas he had I forget how many total yards but he had three touchdowns and around 90 90 something yards rushing Drayden Nashford uh two carries for 37 yards and two touchdowns so very efficient night for both of them Jaden Clay, he also had a 55-yard rushing touchdown. Edna just Edna just looked the part of a team that is going to try and compete for a regional championship and potentially a state championship. They they definitely looked the part that night. Now the now the focus for Jimmy Mitchell's squad is going to be making sure that they do it again this coming week against Goliad. And against that that tough Tiger defense, we'll touch we'll touch on that a little bit later. Then we'll we'll go to a game that was in Corpus last week. Victoria West fifty four to ten winners over Corpus Christi Ray. DeAndre Fillmore he's been patient, 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 patient. Finally got the big game that he wanted. Fillmore had five catches for one hundred and forty two yards and four touchdowns. That four. T- that four touchdown mark, that's his career high. Big game for him. Kamari Montgomery having another big game for for the Warriors. Ninety eight yards, three touchdowns for the junior in his first year as a running back. We keep talking about it. I think I think this kid is showing that he can certainly be a really good runner for for the Warriors, and it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out for them the rest of this year and. Next year, he's already up to seven seven hundred and nine yards rushing, so he's only uh, two hundred and ninety one yards away from the thousand yard mark. So great season so far from Montgomery and West offense did a great job. They were able to be explosive against a Ray offense that just wanted to control the ball, control the clock. Jeremiah, you saw that against against East, and what was a a, a really close uh, a closer contested game than many people thought it would be. So that's a that is a Another good performance from West this week. St. Joseph got off its schneid. The Flyers beat St. Antonio, St. Anthony, 38-31. 
Mike, we talk about Gage Barrera just about every week, and rightfully so. I mean, the night he had on homecoming, or the day he had on homecoming, that was a Saturday game, 163 yards, three touchdowns for the senior bruiser. And, you know, that's that's good for him. Another good game. Now they've got a, now they've got a tough road test in San Antonio against uh, TMI. So we'll touch on that a little more later as well. Mike. You know, Quero handled business. That's that's what they've that's what they've been trying to do since that Cal Allen loss. They went out, they did what they needed to do on homecoming, 56-13 winners over Gonzalez. How about the homecoming king? Tyson Williams, big night for him, rushed for 198 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, Mike, there's not a lot to dive into in the in this one aside from the fact that, you know, Quero handled business for a team like this that's trying to still reassert themselves as a regional and state contender. How big is it for them to go out there and do their job and, and do what they're expected to do? Yes, they uh, they pretty much handled uh, Gonzalez, a solid game from the Gobblers. And as you talked about, uh, Tyson Williams, a big night, uh, homecoming king, and then, uh, then he scores the uh, three TDs, 198 yards, uh, he was really happy after the game. I don't if you saw the video, he insisted upon wearing his homecoming crown, which I, I kind of gave him the option. He said, no, I want to wear it. And I said, okay. So uh, he was very happy. Another solid game also for Mason Nataro through four touchdowns. Dason Varela had a nice game, a couple of touchdown passes and an interception. So uh, the Gobblers are uh, stayed on track doing what they're supposed to do. Uh, I really uh, don't see them uh, having that much of a trouble in that district. They should get through that. Their main, the main thing for Cuero is to, uh, just to keep improving so when the playoffs come, they're ready. And uh, we had another rivalry game, didn't we, down up in uh, Hallettsville this time. Uh, the uh, St. Paul Cardinals, Sacred Heart Indians, uh, and once again, the uh, Cardinals prevailed, and uh, Kevin covered that game for us, Kevin Ostrom. And uh, to me, the, the thing that stuck in my mind is the quote from uh, Jake Walksmith, uh, the coach of St. Paul, uh, where he said, hey, uh, we're not going to fool anybody. He said, we're just going to come out and do what we do. And uh, they got behind early, Sam, but uh, they came back and uh, won the game. Yeah, uh, St. Paul did not fool anybody they rushed the ball for 58 times and 408 yards yeah that's that's a pretty pretty solid game plan hey make sure if you are a business we would like for you to advertise on this podcast be sure to get in touch with our buddy kevin allstrom who we just mentioned and see what see what he can do for you in terms of getting your business out there in the in front of listeners all across the state, region, and country. Now let's move on to, hey, Mike, you ready for this? Week nine. Week nine. We are almost there to the playoffs. I don't know if I'm ready for that. We've just had so many good football games this year, a lot of great games to enjoy. But now we head to week nine, and there are playoff berths at stake, specifically for the two VISD schools. We'll start with the 7.30 game Friday at Memorial Stadium. Victoria West 
versus Corpus Christi Carroll. What uh, we talked about it. West has their offense has been rolling. They're doing a great job getting uh, getting behind Kamari Montgomery, Fillmore stepping up in a big way. They're spreading the ball out. They're getting a lot of touches. The offense looks good, and the defense has played well against some some of these uh, lower lower tier teams in District fourteen five A Division one. But here comes Carroll. Carroll's kind of kind of the wild card. I mean, East was able to handle them pretty pretty easily in in their first district game. But then you see what Carroll does in Week Eight in a twenty eight twenty one loss to to Veterans Memorial. I mean, they're right there. I don't know if that's it. I don't know what happened with vets. I don't know if there were injuries or anything like that. But still, if you just look at the score, 28-21, certainly eye-catching and certainly worthy of attention from the West coaching staff and talking to head coach Courtney Boyce, they're not overlooking him. He said they need to play physical. They need to do everything that they have done, and they can be successful. So a win in, in this game, Wes is in the playoffs. Also on the flip side, East is heading down to Corpus Christi. They're going to face Moody. Who is who is yet to win a game? They're, they've allowed what fifty-two total point, or they've scored fifty-two total points in seven games, and they're zero and four in district, zero and seven overall. He should he should win this game, Jeremiah. What's the mentality? I mean, obviously, you know it. It these can be those trap games where you overlook someone and. Oops, Daisy! Here comes Appalachian State to to upset everybody. You know what's what was kind of the mentality? What was the vibe that you got from East practice this week when you were out there? Yeah, no, I asked uh, both the coaches and the players. You know, what's the mentality going in the game? You know, we're facing they're facing their second consecutive uh, you know winless op- uh, opponent, and you know both of the coaches and the players they they said that you know they have the same mindset every week. Uh, whether they're going up against Miller or going up against, you know, a winless team like Moody, um, you know, they're not going to overlook anyone. So, you know, for them to really, you know, come out and, you know, do what they're supposed to do against this Moody team, I feel like, you know, Jaden Williams and the offense is going to have to have a similar game to last week and just minus the turnovers. And then, you know, obviously this defense is going to, they're, they're trending on the upward, upward direction right now. So I think they'll be fine as, as long as they, you know, hold this Moody offense to, to what they average, which is under 200 yards of total scrimmage yards. Um, I think they'll be able to, you know, take care of business early and get that win. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the the mood going into this game is just, you know, it's another game. You know, They're not, you know, focused on, on the, the winless record of Moody. So, you know, East, I feel like they're, they're going to be prepared for this game and they're going to come out strong. Man, I hope we're not missing another big game in the area. Oh, that's right. Battle of, it's the game of the century, part 342. Shiner travels to Jack Sportsman Bobcat Stadium at 7.30 p.m. on Friday. The Comanches 7-1, 4-0 in, in district, while Refurio is 6-1, 3-0 in district as well. You know, Shiner, Shiner has had Refurio's number recently. I mean, it's, it's tough to beat the likes of Doug and Dalton Brooks when – you only see them once a year. Now you get to see Dalton Brooks, and there's a chance that it could. This could be a two-part 
series this season with with the likelihood that these two could meet in playoffs again. But Mike, I mean, obviously with with Shiner's success over the last couple of years in the postseason, the the focus going into this isn't necessarily can Shiner win. It's can Refurio rewrite the script and have have success against this Shiner team and you know and win. I mean, especially coming off of just a, a lopsided loss in the playoffs last year. You know, you you said you talked to me and you said there is a certain level of cautious optimism for for the Bobcats. You know, what do they have to do if they if they want to pull if they want to rewrite the script and, and get the win over Shiner? Well, the, the answer is pretty simple, really. It's uh, keep limit Dalton Brooks. Uh, He's an out. He'll be the best player on the field. Everybody pretty much agrees with that. It's just a matter of how much damage can he do around his Shiner teammates, which uh, you also have, you know, Ryan Peterson at quarterback and Drew Winsky was the quarterback last year has moved to wide receiver. But Dalton Brooks is the, is the man obviously that you have to somewhat contain. Um, I think, obviously, one plus for Refurio is Doug Brooks is no longer there. When you, especially on the 2A level, uh, you have a 260-pound guy that can play running back and on the defensive line. Uh, that's a problem. And uh, he is, uh, you know, he, sh- he showed that the last few years. Refurio also, they're still young, but... Uh, I think ever since the Edna game, the second half of that Edna game, they played extremely well. And uh, that was a huge confidence boost for the Bobcats. The other thing, and I know uh, Shiner and Coach Bedeker are extremely concerned about, is Refurio's speed. I mean, let, we are talking about the state track champions. And uh, even though a few of those guys are graduated, they still have quite a few of them. And uh, Refuro has a lot of weapons, a lot of speed. The, the to me, it's going to come down to one is uh, how how well does Dalton Brooks do for Shiner? Two is uh, how do Refurio's younger players handle the big game atmosphere? And uh, can Refurio get the ball to its uh, playmakers? And so that, to me, will determine the outcome of this game. And as you, this is, by the way, the 10th meeting. Refuros won six, Shiner three. And, uh, but like Sam said, this could be just uh, part one. Part two would most likely come in the quarterfinals. And at that point, then you have a lot at stake. This one's for basically the district championship. And uh, although both coaches are saying, you know, we want to win this one. We want to win the district championship, get the top seed. But I know in the back of everyone's mind is this will probably be the first of two games. Speaking of Doug Brooks, just got to mention it. His He and the Texas A&M Kingsville Javelinas are going to travel up to my neck of the woods, San Angelo. Undefeated battle there as Angelo State is up to number two. Just had to throw that in there. Very proud alum right here. Ram them. We're going to move on to St. Joseph's road trip. The Flyers are going to head up to TMI on the west side of 
San Antonio and you know Mike talking to Kevin this scenario he he said there's a possibility where if they went three if they won three of their last four heading into last week there's a chance they can make it but obviously the chances are greater to make it if they went out now they're going to get a good test against against TMI TMI plays pretty well at home and it's going to be interesting it's going to be interesting to see i mean both teams 1 and 3 and obviously this will determine who's sitting there in in that fifth spot and one just one spot down from the fourth and final playoff spot but first for the flyers or yeah for the flyers how important is this game well it's obviously very important because uh if you look at their remaining schedule uh they have Hyde Park on there, which is going to be a tough game. They also have St. Michael's, which uh, St. Michael's, I think, is a very winnable game. But uh, this is a, a game they need to win because, uh, like you said, uh, winning out is a tough task. And uh, if uh, they do lose to TMI, I think that would almost put them in a must-win situation against Hyde Park, which I'm sure they'd like to avoid. Uh you know, this district, it's a, their new district. Uh, they were hoping uh, to kind of turn the page from the last district they were in where they struggled a lot. And uh, we'll see how it goes this week. Where The other thing we can't forget is uh, Brownsville-St. Joseph is in there too because uh, Brownsville-St. Joseph defeated St. Michael. So that put them right in the mix. So uh, the Flyers, if they, they really want to – you know, secure themselves, they need to win out. Last but certainly not least, I think this might be the second biggest game in the area aside from aside from China Referio, because that is hands down obviously the the top game in the area. I mean you've got statewide media coming down for it. It's gonna be it's going to be a circus. But the second best game, we think, is Edna traveling to Goliad. That's seven thirty p.m. kickoff in Goliad for Edna this is a chance for them to cement their cement their stranglehold on first place however they're going to have to go up against Goliad who is right up there with Edna in in terms of defense they're allowing 10.6 points per game their defense is I mean they just came off a a five turnover game They're, they're turning teams over at an incredible rate um. Well, I just I just read I just read Edna's turnover stats against Industrial, but Goliad's doing the same thing. Goliad's turning teams over at an incredible rate. Both teams are. This one's gonna be a this one's gonna be a slugfest. It was last year. Edna ended up winning. They were able to capitalize on Goliad mistakes, but that was a young Goliad team. This Goliad team they're at five they're at five and two two and one. This Goliad team looks good. They look more mature. They look like veterans, and they play stout defense. Jeremiah, you're going to be there. What stands out the most to you about this game? Yeah, well, I think you mentioned it there in kind of like the intro. I think really what kind of stands out in this game is, you know, what offense is going to be able to hold on to the ball more. I mean, you look at uh, Edna last week. They got five takeaways um, during their game against Industrial, and they scored on four of them. So, you know, for – 
for Edna to, you know, come out with a win in this game, I think they're really going to have to know their defense is going to have to get some takeaways against Goliad and they're going to have to score on that. And, you know, on the opposite side, you look at Goliad, um, you know, them as well, they're going to have to get some uh, takeaways if, if they're going to want to get this, you know, tough win against Edna. So I really think, you know, whoever, whichever offense is going to be able to hold on to the ball more and, you know, give it away less, I think that's going to going to be really the deciding factor in this game. Um, but yeah, overall should be a good game. Uh, I know Edna, they have a strong running game with uh, Cade Rodas and uh, Drayden Ashford. Um, but yeah, overall, I think what's really going to stand out to this game is going to be whoever is able to hold on to the ball more. So that should be it. Edna looking for its second consecutive district title this season. This A win here would go a long way. It would put them at 4-0 with one game left on their schedule. And then for maybe I read that wrong. Where's I think they've got they've got two games left. Edna has a bye. So they still haven't had it, had their bye, I don't think. So that would, would give them uh they'd have one game left after this. And then bye. I think I think last year last year I, th- I think it was last year they had the they had the bye on the last week because they played industrial in week ten and then I think it's industrial that has the the week eleven bye but still um, but still it's a it's a good chance for Edna to to go out and really cement its place atop the district standings. So that'll wrap up episode nine of The Grid. We want to give a shout out to our sponsors, American Shield Roofing and Construction, LLC, and White Trash Services, as well as Kevin Alstrom, our executive editor, Keith Cohn, everybody involved getting this thing going. Make sure you're interacting with us, Twitter, Facebook, email, maybe not personal dms on our facebook's please but make sure you get in touch with us we do want to hear from you we you know you could even if it's you want to critique us you know reach out to us let us know we 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 do enjoy being able to interact with our readers hearing from you and being able to share that interaction with y'all Well, we're going to be here again same time next week as we look into, well, the penultimate week of the season. Mike, I don't think we're we're ready for the regular season to end. But we are ready for this episode to end. We'll see you next week.